good morning. Uh, good evening, if you're in a part of the world where it's evening time. Welcome to today's Face to Face. I'm your host, Gabriella Callender. Today, I'm, I'm very excited to say that we have with us Durga McBroom, singer, actress, songwriter. She did the backing vocals to Pink Floyd, founding member of the band Blue Pearl. She appeared in Flashdance. That's right, Flashdance. She's been in the TV show, The Hunter. She's been in videos with the Eurythmics, David Bowie, Janet Jackson. Durga McBroom, welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. You know, um, I did. I was doing. I didn't need to do too much research because I've known your work now for years. But I wanted to make sure I was doing a little bit so I didn't get nervous this morning. And as I was reviewing it again, I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is really a force to be reckoned with. You have done so much. Can you tell me, like, I mean, I'm sure you could. You have to scan your brain in a millisecond for. I mean, to all the things you've done. But what have been some of your most memorable moments? Well, um, well, first of all, uh, obviously Flashdance. Uh, I got my my Screen Actors Guild card doing that film. And um, I remember walking on set and seeing my name on the dressing room door. And I was like, oh, I am somebody. <laughs> I had my Navin Johnson moment. I am somebody. I am somebody. <laughs> You'd arrived. Yeah. And working with um, Jennifer Beals and um, my dear friend, Michael Nuri, who I see a lot now. Um, and uh, the just fantastic cast um, that was, you know, and, and who knew it was going to wind up being this wild cult hit cultural icon film yeah. that people still reference now. Um, then obviously uh, my first tour ever was with Pink Floyd. So wow. um, that didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean, a good thing. I want to actually, I want to actually show a moment of, of, you know, for people who don't know, let me try to get it up here now. And um, uh, what do you mean? Are there people who don't know who I am? <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody kidding. knows. I'm but kidding. for the for the <laughs> um, David, for some reason, I'm not able to get up the uh, share it on the screen of the video of Pink Floyd, Durga McBroom. So if you're able to get it up, please do, and then let me know once you do, because that <laughs> that was. <laughs> And that infamous, I don't know if you want to do it now, but I mean, it was like, oh, great. That, the that voice will go through. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I wasn't prepared for that. My, I, I did the second part. That's enough. 
<laughs> you heard it here, folks, on face to face, okay? That little piece became my favorite, as many people's favorite, of that entire song. I chopped oh. it up and put it in the sound bite and used it for meditation, okay? Don't wow. take my idea out there without giving me credit, folks. Next, it's going to be a ringtone, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, actually, I'll tell you something. My best friend um, is a psychiatric counselor uh, in California. And for a time, she was doing intake at a psych hospital. And um, she was walking past the ward where a lot of the young people were that had been admitted um, for attempting suicide. And she was walking by and she heard my voice and she heard me singing Great Gig in the Sky. And she went back and she went up to them and she said, um, I, you might not believe me, but that's actually my best friend. And they all were so touched and they said to let me know that my voice made their pain go away. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do this to hear mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, that's one of the greatest compliments I've ever been paid. Wow. That connection, yeah. that connection that you have, you know, with people, it's, you know, one of the things that I'm so inspired by uh, you by in, in addition to songs and the songwriting and the legacy is the, the tree from which you branched from your family tree. It's pretty, tell, yeah. yeah, my family me, is no joke. Yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit something about how your family molded who you are as an artist, as a woman, as a human being. Well, um, both of my parents were physicians, which back in their day was extremely unusual considering they were both black especially my mother, because she's also a woman. And uh, my mother was the first black female cardiologist with a private practice in the United States. And the first woman of any um, race to do advanced graduate studies in medicine at UCLA, which is also my alma mater. I went there for theater arts. Um, mm -hmm. My father was a psychologist and they met at Columbia Medical School. Um, and they were basically, they represented the pinnacle of black excellence. So this is the mm. environment, this is the water I grew up swimming in and what they uh, fostered in us. Now, my father had three wives and with these three wives, he had seven children total. So um, there's Marsha and Dana are my two oldest sisters with his first wife, Marie who also was uh, an amazing pianist and um, did amazing work with the UN. And sadly, we just lost her last year in mm. 90, boy, was she 94? She was 96 years of age, I think. Um, mm. And then he married my mother and I've already told you a little bit about her. And then he married Kathy and had, uh, oh, with, with my mother, he had me and my sister Lorelai, who's also an amazing singer and, uh, performer in her own right, has having toured with Pink Floyd with me, um, the Rolling Stones, Rod Stewart. She's got a, a resume as long as her arm. Um, then, um, oh, and Marsha and Dana, we wanted to emulate them growing up because Marsha was one of the first black supermodels in the 1970s. She came up alongside Beverly Johnson and Grace Jones. 
Uh, in fact, she's Grace's uh, son's godmother. And um, Dana, and so she was a, a, a modeling icon, also in the um, classic Russ Myers film, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, mm -hmm. and did a lot of the black exploitation films of the 70s, uh, and went on to become a professor of African-American studies. Um, Dana also, they also danced. They danced with Catherine Dunham. Uh, they danced with her at the Met in Aida and some other things. Dana went on to become a professor of dance with the, um, the Dance Theater of Harlem. Uh, and uh, also choreographed the film Lead Belly uh, and also co-wrote um, Pull Up to the Bumper for Grace Jones. So she's also a musician and a songwriter. Um, our youngest sister, Laura, is an amazing singer and songwriter, but she hated the business. So she went on to become an educator. And our two younger brothers were military. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my family's no joke. And I'm very proud to be part of them and to represent the McBrooms. Wow, that what what a great tribute to your family. You know, I, I once <clears throat> went to um, an Afro punk um, gig that uh, Jeremiah Hosea from your family did. My but nephew. what your, for your nephew? Um, and um, and what amazed me most was that when I it, it was the loudest music. It was louder than anything I had ever been to. The streets were shaking outside. And wow. when I look to see the person who is dancing the longest and the most fully self-expressed, I turn around and it's your grandmother, okay? Yeah. Who took the train in her 90s yes. to get there. Yes, yes. She was a force of nature, Marie McBroom. And Marie Lee McBroom, and she and I used to love each other. When I was growing up, um, her mother uh, terrified me. And <laughs> they're from- uh, Really? <laughs> yeah, they're from Montserrat in the, in the Caribbean. So um, everyone told me that she and her mother were witches and that we should stay away from them. <laughs> sure, a lot of it had to do with, there was quite a bit of animosity at first between mm -hmm. she and my mother. Um, and uh, the divorce between my father and Marie was fairly acrimonious. It was not, a, no, it was not good. Not like my parents' divorce. My parents' divorce was very civilized. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, that's one thing I always really respected them for is they never spoke ill of each other in front of us. Mm -hmm. But back, you know, when my father was first with my mother uh, for many years, they told me they were witches, you know, and that they practice voodoo. And I should. And you were like, "Oh, I am not messing with. I am not messing with that." Yeah. Oh no. Well, until I got older. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Marie and I became very close in the la latter years in her life, and um, I used to call her, and we would just have a laugh for at least an hour on the phone. And I'm very wow. sad that we lost her. Yeah. I thought she was never going to die. To be honest, I thought she was immortal. I understand right. that. I understand that. It's like when some people have such a force of nature. Yes. And that presence and in your life. She was hilarious. She was so funny. <laughs> she has the wickedest sense of humor. Your whole family is hilarious. And and wh what are you up to now? I know um, you are currently residing in, where is it? Roma. <laughs> Roma, Italia. Sono all right. For all the people out there watching from Roma, 
okay? You want to stay in tune and all over the world, by the way, what, what Durga McBroom is doing. Now, how can people stay abreast to what you're doing? Um, I have a Facebook page um, that's personal and also a fan page. Um, I have Instagram is Durga Diva. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Mrs. Durga McBroom. Uh, did I forget anything? Um, that's, that's pretty much the best way, but I'll tell you just to give you a little hint since yeah. I've been sitting completely stagnant during this pandemic, it destroyed my touring right. career. And in the last month and a half, things have exploded. So, uh, Tuesday I leave for Florida because I'm doing Rosfest uh, on, um, the 17th with Dave Kersner in his all-star band. Then, um, Lorelai will be joining me and we are premiering our set live finally that was postponed from 2020 uh with the mcbroom sisters because my sister and i have a band together the mcbroom sisters and we put in an album called black floyd which is really good if i do say so myself it's got some pink floyd covers as well as some originals some of which were written with some of the touring members like a song i wrote with john karen a song i wrote with guy pratt there's a song lorelei wrote with lemmy from motorhead if you can believe that um and that can be found on Sonic Elements and just look for Black Floyd by Nick Broom Sisters. I'm really proud of it. So yeah. May 7th, 2nd to the 7th, we're doing a cruise through the Caribbean, uh, a, a prog rock cruise called Cruise to the Edge. Then, I wanna come! <laughs> yeah, to get then that <laughs> I go to LA for three weeks. I'm doing a, a, a gig there with my friend, uh, Sipand, who has a band called Days Between Stations, which also features, well, there's a lot of cross-pollination. So the, the all-star band on at Rosfest also has Billy she Sherwood, who's the bassist for Yes. He's also playing with Days Between Stations. So um, that will be the 15th of May in Los Angeles. Then I got to come back on the 28th. June the 6th, I go to Prague to make up for a date that was canceled. Then I just found out last night, this is kind of a big deal, and I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I got to come back to L.A. because I am now going to be a special featured guest star with Britt Floyd at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles on June the 18th. Then uh, I have some dates wow. that are being finished in Central and South America uh, for July. Actually, Lorelai and I will be doing those together, promoting Black Floyd. Then um, August... Ooh, August is going to be great because I come, I'm going to be back here and I'm going to probably spend a whole month in Sardinia and uh, Sicily performing. Then um, that's August, September. I have a show here so far in Italy. Then October, I'm back to Central and South America with some of my old Floyd buddies, um, Machan Taylor and Scott, um, Scott Page. Uh, uh -huh. And that will be through... Chile, Ecuador again, um, yeah. and uh, probably Argentina. And uh, then also in December, there's going to be a big show in Chile at this big amphitheater with them as well. Wow. Oh, and Harry Waters also, Roger Waters' son, will be with us. So things I mean, just I got hope real big. Everybody, like, I hope everybody had their phone and their calendars out. And note this, you want to hit rewind. And blind all of that Facebook up. And <laughs> I will be posting everything on my Facebook page as well as my Instagram, Durga Diva. 
you'll see you'll see everything on both my Facebook pages and my Insta, and I should probably start posting stuff on my Twitter. I use my Twitter usually just to be angry political woman because that's who I am most of the time. <laughs> yeah. so, and speaking speaking that's speaking <laughs> about angry and political for just just a moment. I know we're going to get ready to wrap it up. I mean, in this climate, I mean, you. Who, let me just say this. You know, to me, you are someone who's had tremendous success and an amazing career. I mean, it's I just am in awe of your work. I truly am. And and it, it's cut across the span of time. Right. The world yeah. in, in, in a certain, you know, even 10 years ago was very, very different than it is yes. today. So yes. as an artist, what would you say to young artists now um, in their 20s or early 30s, perhaps coming up in a time in this in this time? I would say uh, one thing that never changes, study your craft. It's one thing to be an artist and say, oh, I have so much I want to express. If you don't have the technique to express what it is you want to convey to people, then you are limiting yourself as an artist. Uh, I know that especially like in music, you can fake it, you can prop up a, somebody and studio magic will make them sound amazing and they can have a team of writers behind them. And that's what a lot of people do, but I find that kind of gross and lazy. And if you really fancy yourself an artist, get out there, pay your dues, do those crappy little gigs. I mean, I started at the top musically with Pink Floyd. So I had to kind of go back and pay my dues touring with my band, Blue Pearl, all up and down England, all over the world, actually. But um, doing these tours where I'm doing two or three gigs a night in these clubs. And like I was telling someone the other day, starting, uh, I had one gig booked one night in Cornwall, which is at the very bottom of England. And then gig the next day was all the way up at the top uh, in Sunderland. So basically, if you can imagine, it was like driving from San Diego to Sacramento. And that sucked. And, and, the, but the gig in Sunderland, actually the mm. second one, uh, it was mm. winter, so it was cold. And I declared that I had officially paid my dues when I walked out of that gig at like 3am and had to step out over a puddle of frozen vomit. At that point, oh. I said, okay, I paid my dues. Now, people yeah. would say, well, why are you telling people that they should do this? Because it makes you appreciate what you do that much more. When you go through the hard mm. parts of it, when you earn that place where you ascend and you don't have to do that, those kind of gigs anymore, you appreciate it that much more. And it teaches you that muscle memory when you get on stage so that you can just open your mouth and do what you got to do and you don't got to think about it that much. You can put your focus on being a better artist. And that's what I would say more than anything. And now that technology has made it so everybody can have, I got a studio sitting right over here that people can record at home. Start writing, write down what you feel, then get a little, you know, get rock garage band in your, in your, in your Apple laptop, like I do, or, you know, get logic or whatever, start playing with sound, start making stuff. Cause some of the best songs I ever wrote was before I knew what the rules were. And I just thought, mm. oh, well, this would sound cool. And it did. So, I mean, Naked in the mm. Rain was the first song I wrote with youth. And it went to number four in the British pop charts. 
which was quite astounding back then because we were a dance act. And that didn't often happen where it crossed over. So just practice, 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 study your craft and create, open your mouth, say what's going on in here. Don't be a little emo shit, so sorry. Sitting in the corner talking about, oh, I'm sad. Express why you're sad. And I'll tell you something, the more you express, you will have people come up to you and say, you put words to feelings that I didn't know how to say, and you helped me. Because that's happened to me more than once. That's yeah. what I have to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Durga McBroom, will you come back again? Will you be a guest sure. on our show again? <clears throat> because it's been Absolutely. wonderful to have you. Thank you yeah. so much for being it's here not today. not long enough. You need to give me an hour because I talk your head off. <laughs> oh my, we're going to work stories. that out. I got stories. We're going to work that out. We're going to work. Okay. I promise you, we're going to work that out. Um, this has been a wonderful show today on Face to Face, hosted by Presenza. I always have to say it like that because otherwise it sounds like placenta. So Presenza <laughs> Online Magazine. Okay, you can see the little icon in the corner there. Um, stay tuned for what's next. You know, visit our YouTube page. Go to Presenza Online Magazine, presenza.com. And um, once again, Durga McBroom, thank you so much. And that has been a wrap for today's Face to Face. Piacere. Piacere, Cara. <laughs> it's my pleasure.